Hey, Warwick. Hey, Nicole. I can't imagine what's coming next. <laughs> Why is a computer so smart? <laughs> I don't know. Because it listens to its motherboard. <laughs> Welcome to the Tradies and Business Podcast with your hosts, Warwick Didwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade, helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Right, listeners, so Nicole spent at least seven minutes I did. researching her material for that. Um, nice delivery, Coxie. Thank you. I was really under the pump after your big build-up of how crap I am to our guests. <laughs> I know. And we, we have a um, – well, I'll probably make her really nervous and self-conscious when I say this. We have something of a high-powered guest on today's episode, which is not to say that our other guests weren't high-powered. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is like the, the triple stack battery guest that we've got today. <laughs> you like my tradie reference there, Nick? <laughs> They're all rolling their eyes at you, Warwick. Uh, yeah, nice try, was. Um, but we do have uh, a fascinating guest today that we're chatting with, and um, we've gone straight to the top, actually. I think this is the first time we've gone to the, the big boss. Elise, welcome to the show. No, thank you very much for having me. <laughs> You're saying that now. I am uh, saying wait till, that Wait till now. we get to the end of the episode. And I was going to yeah. say, you have talked me up a lot as well. <laughs> so, um, Elise, you are, at least your people tell us, that you are the head of Thrive Australia. Uh, is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Nice. Okay. So, um, I'm going to shut up and stop making such a fool of myself as per normal and let you actually introduce yourself. Can you tell our listeners uh, out there in trade business land who Thrive is, I guess, first and foremost, Thrive Australia, and I guess a bit about your background and your history? Yeah, perfect. So Thrive Australia, um, I've worked for them now for sort of more than 17 years. Um, we started out as a Yellow Pages print directory business. We transitioned across into the sort of online marketplace, and we're now really helping and supporting trade businesses in delivering the exceptional customer experience, which on the surface probably sounds kind of a little confusing. Um, but in all reality, most tradies got into business because they love their craft. They love building houses. They love painting. They didn't necessarily get into business because they loved kind of emailing and invoicing and collecting ratings and reviews and doing all of those other things that kind of comes with running a business. And I think personally for me, I started out in this business looking after accounts for trades and services customers. I looked after kind of 150 accounts and it was really about delivering leads to those businesses, about getting their phone to ring. And I think personally how I most connected to it was you would rock up and help them and support them and design a marketing plan. And over the years, you would gradually get to see the impact that that marketing campaign had on a small business. They'd hire an apprentice, they'd move into a factory, they got some signage on their van. And whilst most tradies probably wouldn't credit us with kind of that journey, I internally felt like we played a little bit of success in or a little part of the success of that small business's journey. Over the years, things just got really confusing and it went from delivering leads through a phone book to managing SEO and SEM and social and a whole heap of other platforms. 
Um, and really, over the past 12 months, we've been helping small businesses optimise their time, spend more time doing what they love doing, less time kind of on the admin and back office things, and really making sure that the, the brand and reputation of that small business kind of stacks up to the quality of work that they're doing. That's Love a it. fantastic summary. And I think we're yeah, better you. at our summaries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we could use some marketing help with that. We, <laughs> we can <laughs> connect <laughs> offline. I'll, I'll work yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah, tell us more about what you do. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll be sitting there telling people that I played a small part in the success of yeah. traders and business. <laughs> nice. I love nice. it. I love it. I love that you took that success as a marker, though, for you. I think. Um, when we think about traditional corporate business playing a role in small business, we probably ignore the fact that there are real people at the end of the phone or the end of the email or however we come to contact you and that seeing a business succeed actually brings you satisfaction as well. So I love that you referenced that that was a big part of your role and, and where you found that satisfaction. I think it is really important because I think we can all sit back and play with spreadsheets and design amazing strategies, but I think at the heart of it, it's about giving you something that makes you feel like you've got a really solid purpose. And for me, managing a business that has sort of tens and thousands of customers right across Australia, knowing that we're supporting them and the success of those small businesses is kind of more important than anything else. Mm. Sorry, I was just going to, I'm just uh, recounting what you were saying about the the evolution of Thrive, you know, where it started as a as a a printed directory um, and you know there's probably listeners who aren't old yeah. enough to know what a yellow pages book even looks like <laughs> oh, sure I was gonna are. say I I still jump onto new business kind of when we have sort of new starters join our business and and my first role was photocopying carbonated bits of paper because we didn't have computers we didn't have sim cards we didn't mm. have laptops and business was done on carbonated paper. Yes. Um, and so the world has completely transformed from where it was 17 years ago to where it is today. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I, I guess thinking about that, it would be easy to think that business has also changed and the fundamentals of business have changed along with technologies and everything else. What would you say to that, Elise? Like, what's your opinion on the fundamentals of business and what business really need to pay attention to? Has it changed in the last 20 or 30 years? I think it absolutely has, because I think if I rewind back to sort of when I started my journey 17 years ago, the competitive nature of business wasn't what it was today. You could put an ad in the yellow pages, you could put an ad in the local paper, maybe do some letterbox drops, but that was kind of the extent of marketing your business. And I think with the invention of kind of the digital revolution with so many different digital channels and even different channels by which you can communicate with a business from picking up the phone to sending them an email to messaging them on WhatsApp or Messenger, um, the channels and means by which you engage with a business are so much more complex today than what they were back then. Um, and I think over that journey, larger corporations have also changed the way in which they kind of set customer expectations. And I think people now have different expectations than what they did back then. If I was to send you an email today and ask you for a quote, I would expect a response to come through this afternoon, mm. not on Saturday when you were doing your admin at the end of the week. Whereas I think 10 years ago, the end of the week was probably okay. And actually you probably were posting that out to me because I'd called you over the phone and maybe I didn't even have an email address for you to send it to. So mm. I think 
with the digital evolution, people just, they're demanding something instantaneously. And I think for us, the opportunity to be able to support our customers in delivering a greater customer experience to their clients, but also freeing up their time so that they can spend time doing what they love and not necessarily spending time on a Saturday sitting down and doing all of those quotes that were really should have been sent out earlier in the week. I love it. I think um, now's a great time to really explain and dig into what Thrive is able to do for trade businesses, but not just trade businesses, small business or or all business, but particularly small to medium business. Um, We do have a lot of listeners that have their own sort of side hustles. A lot of the wives have side hustles, their own businesses. They're they're starting to look for solutions for as well. So I'd really love to get a broad overview of what it is that Thrive can do for a business. Yeah, perfect. So I think at the sort of crux of it, Thrive, as we call it, is an end-to-end client experience platform, but really what it does is it's helping small business get business, helping them manage the business that they're getting, be able to build relationships with them. It's helping them manage their profile online, manage their ratings and reviews. It's helping them invoice. It's helping them get paid. It's got so many components to it to be able to help a small business where really not all of those components are necessarily going to be relevant to every single small business. And I think at the heart of it, we really try and understand a business, the way in which that business operates and really customer solution to make sure that we can kind of meet the needs of that small business. I think that's one of my favorite things about the platform is that there are varying options depending on where you're at with your business journey. You don't have to take the full service if it doesn't suit you and where you're at right now, but it is something you can add in later if well, as your business naturally starts to evolve. Absolutely, because I think at the heart of it, businesses all have different requirements. And I think even down to just getting leads into to a business, digital marketing is so much more expensive today than what it was in the past. You're paying for kind of clicks on search engines. You're paying for kind of leads into your business. And a lot of our trade-based customers were doing an amazing job at converting that lead when it came in but they weren't necessarily doing anything with it afterwards. So even helping them keep a database of all of those leads so that they can continue to talk to those customers because ultimately it's their client and they're the ones who really need to own that relationship. And the next time that client has a need or a problem, we want them to be front of mind. Mm -hmm. And so I think every business has kind of a unique standpoint and a unique set of problems. And I think for us, it's really just trying to find the unique problems of that business and how we can help them solve it. I think one of the most common things we're told when we speak to tradies is that they don't need to advertise. I want to put big air quotes around this or a big disclaimer at the end of the episode. It's not something that uh, we subscribe to here at Tradies and Business. There's lots of reasons for continuing to market your business. But I guess that that age-old, we just rely on word of mouth I'd love to hear your perspective, Elise, on, on, I guess, the pitfalls of that. I think at the crux of it, every business is probably advertising, whether they know it or not, whether there's signage on their vans, whether they've got great business cards, when they're parked in a driveway doing some landscaping work, cars are driving past and, and seeing the branding. But I think ultimately everyone does have a brand that they care about. But I think the difference is five or ten years ago, people weren't researching that brand online and actually reading the reviews about that brand online and kind of pivoting and changing their their purchasing decisions because of sort of information that they're finding out about. And I think 
our job isn't necessarily always just to deliver someone lots and lots of leads because for lots of businesses, they're incredibly successful on their own and they have a really great client base and they've got a really great referral network. But it is just identifying the ways in which we can help them and almost enhance it because I think sometimes people sort of underestimate the impact that sort of slight tweaks and changes can have like having negative reviews online and the fact that almost giving a business the confidence and the courage to be able to respond to those reviews because actually it's worse to just leave it there and not say anything about it. It is far better to kind of kickstart a conversation and, and resolve that issue and make it public because the feedback is out there anyway. So I think all of those things um, are opportunities. And I think in a digital age, people can leave reviews about you online, whether you're wanting them or whether you're not wanting them. And that really does create an opportunity to engage in a conversation. And, and that in itself is marketing and advertising. Yeah, it's everywhere. I, I think it's, you're totally right, it's underestimated how much advertising or marketing we actually do day to day in every way, shape and form. And relying on word of mouth is fantastic. If you've got a lot of people referring business to you, and is there another opportunity for you to be doing more of the right kind of business for your business? Is there an Correct. opportunity there where that you can make a higher profit margin because you're focusing on one part of what you do and you do it particularly well better than anyone else and you need to get that information out there. You can't do it just with word of mouth. I think that's got to be part of a bigger strategy. Um, Elise, can you explain to us how Thrive saves us time as a business owner? Yeah, perfect. So I think one of the unique pieces about Thrive is for a lot of small businesses sitting there and designing posts for social media or managing their ratings and reviews across so many platforms is challenging and time consuming. And being able to have that in your pocket and being able to have a solution where we can actually let you know that there is a review about you online and kind of encourage you to go and respond to that review is far easier than coming home every night and kind of doing a digital scan of multiple assets to see who in the world has kind of communicated with you. I think there's so many benefits from having a centralized inbox where all of the channels by which someone can communicate with you all funnel into kind of one single endpoint. So you're never going to miss a message anywhere, whether it be from a, a text message, from an email, from a kind of a messaging channel, it all kind of centralizes into one place. But I think also being able to manage things like designing a monthly social media strategy and scheduling posts to come out throughout the month and for us to be able to kind of work with you and and kind of craft those posts so that actually they're kind of pre-done for you. They're sitting there, we've scheduled them out, they're going to send three times a week for the next kind of four weeks. All of those things are kind of time-saving kind of aspects for a small business. And I think even down to chasing up and following up from invoices that haven't been paid, and I think that in itself is a really huge one for lots of customers that I work with because... They're sending out their invoices, but actually they're busy all the time and they don't always have the time to sit there and, and kind of follow up and send reminders and, and make sure that they're kind of getting paid for the work that they're doing as well. Um, so I think all of those things really kind of support the back office of a small business so that they can ultimately kind of spend time doing what they absolutely love and, and not spend time being a debt collector or following up on admin work in the background. Elise, I want to ask some different questions. Um, we don't often get the opportunity to speak to, I guess, big business. And, and you know, you sit in this interesting space of 
a big business serving small business or small to medium business. Um, and you've obviously learned a lot from your customers over the years. You know, you've had quite an impressive length of time with, with the business. Um, what's, what's some of the challenges your organization has overcome with that shift from the old school yellow pages and the old tech and even that marketing space into how you must have to be marketing your business now? I think in all reality, we've probably gone through many evolutions as an organization. Um, and I think the learnings that we've taken are probably the exact same learnings that a small business can take. And really at the heart of it, it's listening to your customers. Um, for more than a hundred years, we've produced the Yellow Pages phone book. And for some customers today, it absolutely still works and they get an amazing result out of it. But over the years, there was an invention of so many other kind of digital assets that came out online and our customers wanted to build a website. They wanted to get a presence online. And I think as a business, we've always taken the view that you need to listen to your customers and really that is what's going to help shape and craft your strategy into the future. And I think that's probably no different to any small business. You can build the most amazing kitchens but over the time those kitchens evolve and change as new products come out new technologies evolve and i think even just new trends evolve and so i think as a business we've probably always sat back and listened to our customers and listened to to what keeps them awake at night and what their biggest pain points are to really help shape and craft what is that next evolution and i think the really nice thing at the moment with our software platform is it is no different our customers are able to go on there and leave us feedback and tell us what they would love to see in the platform, what new features they would love to see. They can vote on each other's features and really our development roadmap is owned by them. It's not owned by us. Mm. Yeah, I see that with some platforms. It's not very common where users can actually directly give suggestions for improvement, basically. So that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. Correct, because I think sometimes... I can sit there and pull any data points I want and I can think that this new whiz-bang feature is going to be the most exciting thing to change the world. But actually, people don't, we don't know what we don't know and unless we're kind of listening to businesses and listening to people, we're never going to make the right choices and decisions. I, I got another question to ask you as the big boss. Um, and can you give, me a, give us an idea of roughly how many staff uh, are at Thrive Australia? Yeah, perfect. So Thrive is part of a global brand. So globally, there are thousands of Thrive employees, but within Australia, we're just under 500 employees working for Thrive. Okay, so that's going to blow most of our <laughs> listeners' minds because they, they struggle to manage two or three and uh, deal with that. And that's really what I wanted to ask you about, Elise, is how on earth <laughs> do you keep a handle on what is going on with your organization with that many staff you must have so many layers of management and supervision and team leads and all that sort of stuff what are some of the again i guess it's you know big business secrets because you must have some epic systems and everything to be able to manage that well and i feel like our listeners can actually take some great lessons from that as well for their own business I think there's probably a twofold answer here. I think the first one is listen to your people. So I really try as hard as I can to spend lots of time with our frontline staff, whether it's joining team meetings for our call centre staff, whether it's speaking with people that work in our billing and collections team that are trying to support 
people that are going through the flood situation at the moment across Queensland and New South mm-hmm. Wales. But I think connecting to the people who talk with your customers and deal with your customers is the most important thing. Because I think as much and all as we have a plan in place, things are always going to throw curveballs at it. Um, but I also, you kind of mentioned hierarchies when you opened up. I try and almost break the mold of having hierarchies. Mm-hmm. I don't need people to reach out to my personal assistant to kind of get in touch with me. My personal mobile phone number is in the hands of many employees across the organisation because I think it's my responsibility as a leader to be accessible. And I would hate to think that someone had a problem, an issue or concern and wasn't able to reach out to me. Hmm. Thank you. Fantastic insights. Because I think a lot of a lot of small business owners maybe hold themselves back um, from the sorts of results that bigger business get by somehow thinking they don't have what it what it takes or they don't have the resources or whatever it might be to create that same um, culture and set up and everything that you've just described. So it's fantastic. I think it can happen in a business at any level and it's amazing what it does. If I sit on the phones and answer the phones in our call center for an hour, people are shocked that I'm sitting there and answering the phones and granted, I'm not as great from a systems perspective because I'm a little rusty and I end up having to ping one of the girls in the call center (laughs) and get them to help me do something because I've forgotten. Um, But that bit actually doesn't matter at all. And I think people are just incredibly grateful that you've taken the time out of your day to actually care about your customers and, and spend time talking to them, even if it is just updating a phone number on their website because they're wanting, they've opened a new location, the complete shock that they get that, that you're sitting there and answering that call, I think is really important. But by the same token, it really allows you to keep your finger on the pulse. Mm. Yeah, I think one of the things that our our listeners and certainly um, our trade business owners within our own client community, they do have a fantastic on-the-job understanding because many of them are still addicted to or or tethered to that, you know, they're stuck on the tools. Nick and I talk a lot about getting off the tools and obviously the Thrive platform um, can potentially be a huge part of that as with everything you've talked about. Um, I I suppose for, for someone that wants to make that transition more into being the business owner who uh, is, is more of that hands off approach while still keeping their, the finger on the pulse. Are there, Are there lessons they need to learn or, you know, I guess uh, uh, concepts they need to understand to to be able to make that progression? I was talking to one of our clients in Melbourne recently that has kind of a Thrive solution and kind of one of the biggest pieces of feedback that he gave me about it was I make him look like he knows what he's doing. (laughs) He was an expert at his craft and running a business kind of wasn't his thing. He'd kind of taken that leap of faith and it was just him and he was kind of expanding and he was nervous. And and for him, we've made him look like a polished professional. Mm. Um, Everything about dealing with his business is like dealing with some of the top competitors that he competes against that have been around for years and years and years. And I think just by being able to kind of handhold them and help them take that kind of next step in their career, but actually be able to compete with some of the bigger players, I think, is one of the pieces that kind of makes me really proud because it definitely does level out that playing field. Mm. Elise, Thrive has so many different capabilities as you expressed its end to end, which I really love and wish I had found it way back when. 
I'm interested to know, do you have a particular part of what Thrive is able to do that you find to be your most favourite because of the results it gets? For me, and I'm going to call it the CRM component, which probably for a lot of tradespeople they're going to think is like hugely complex. But I think one of the biggest pieces that that I always pick up on is we are experts at making someone's phone ring through our kind of marketing services business. And most of those trades customers answer the phone and they go out and do the job and then they kind of just go on to the next job. Mm. And being able to build a community for them and to help them be able to continue to talk to those customers so that the next time someone's power goes out or their hot water service blows up or something happens, that there is that continual communication between kind of a small business um, and his clients or her clients. Um, and so for me, I think that's incredibly powerful and probably one of the most underutilized aspects of it, because I think people are so incredibly busy and so incredibly well intended, but being able to kind of keep a really up to date database, be able to communicate with them to be able to remind people that we're coming into winter and if you're wanting to get your heating system service before winter, now's probably the time or you're going to miss the boat. And I think being able to even support them with, if it's quiet this week, you can actually send a special offer out to all of those people and, mm. and try and fill your diary up with, with something. So I think for me, that's probably one of the most underutilised ones. But I think also just being able to to help them manage their presence online for a lot of businesses that's so difficult even just the consistency between what is on the website whether that kind of integrates with ratings and reviews and what people are saying about them i think just being able to almost educate them and help them make sure that that they're positioning themselves in the best light possible i love that Uh, my single favorite feature when we had a demonstration we were really lucky listeners to get a demo into um, Thrive and its capabilities and my single favorite feature was watching how easy it was to update your details across all of your channels you put it in one spot and press a button and it goes out to Mm. all of your channels and makes a change and the amount of time for me as the person that usually does that 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 would save in our business on a day-to-day basis was incredible. It blew my mind that one piece of software could allow that just with the click of a switch. And I think that was almost at the heart of what we were doing because I think for some people they're incredibly tech savvy, but for other people they're not. And it's how can we do it in a way that is so simple and easy and someone whose default isn't sitting on a computer and playing around with widgets on a website to figure out how to update something could literally just at the click of a button make some of those simple updates and just have them published to many platforms all at once. It's incredible and probably highlights um, the one key piece here that I don't think we've talked about yet and that is if I'm a listener and I'm driving around in my ute, I'm thinking this is a fantastic solution but I don't have time to put all of this in place and I know that Thrive has a solution for that as well. No, we definitely do because I think that for us was one of the really sort of key learnings as well is for a lot of clients, the time and effort that it takes to kind of build out all of these assets and design all of these things is time consuming and it's complex. And so one of the pieces that we really pride ourselves on is that we handhold you every step of the way. We've got team members working in locations right across Australia that are going to do your onboarding and they're going to be there to help you build out that new website and they're going to support you in launching your first sort of EDM campaign out to your customer base or your first SMS campaign out to your clients. But they're going to help you every step of the way. And I think for us, one of the sort of other quick learnings was 
for a lot of small businesses, that support wasn't always just during business hours either. And for some people, it was at 10 o'clock at night when their wife and kids had gone to bed and they had half an hour and they were going to sit down and do something because for them, they dedicated the previous couple of hours to kind of family time. And so being able to offer a service that has 24-7 support, that has someone there that can jump on a phone call with you or can sit there on a live chat and kind of communicate with you and help you, I think for us was really important as well. Mm. It's a great solution. It, it, does, it just it is that hand holding we do need assistance to get that over the line it's the one barrier that is consistently brought to us when we're talking about any kind of systems within a business to put in place um we generally because we don't know what we don't know we often don't know where to start and what the capabilities are and what the results or the benefits to us might be so for me that's probably my second favorite part of the entire thrive system is the support that is there and, and we had a great sense of that just in the quick chat that we had with your team uh, and a great understanding of what is A, possible, but B, how supported you are through that journey so you're not doing it totally on your own. And I think for us, that was a really big change as well because when you place an ad in a phone book, there's not a lot you can do in the months after that. It's printed, it's delivered, it's out there. Um, but as we transitioned into sort of digital marketing services products and as we've transitioned into small business software, we've realized that we actually need to work around our clients, not the other way around. And being able to be there to be accessible, to support them every step of the day, every step of the way, apologies, is super important. Mm. I think it's something that um, particularly trade business owners, obviously that's the space that, that Nick and I live in. And uh, we talk to lots of tradies. The some of the things that get um, brought up is this relationship and and i've mentioned it i think during the episode and we talked a lot about what happens after we've done the job and there's this persistent idea that the way to keep a relationship is to be the person who is there all the time for everything and that's like that's one way to do it and you know as you've rightly pointed out elise like the world is changing constantly and it's very different to what it was 10 or 15 years ago probably even two years ago to be honest <laughs> correct uh, <laughs> and i think um and i'd love your perspective on this i think you can still build relationship with customers without having to be on the end of the phone to them every time something happens or without being the person on site every time they want to speak to somebody or get something sorted Do, What's your thoughts on that? And, and, you know, that's obviously going to lean into part of what Thrive offers as far as that relationship building. So I absolutely agree with you because I think for a lot of those things to make it right so that you don't have to be there, there is an expectation that there's quick, there's fast, there, we've got turnaround times and, and that we're responsive because I think when we're not responsive and, and not responding to emails or messages and different things, that's where it gets to the point that the clients get really frustrated and they will pick up the phone and they do want you to come on site. Um, and so I think the way in which you design an experience that works for your customers is probably the most important piece. And I think even sort of reflecting back on, on many examples that I've had dealing with sort of trades and service clients, the experience that you have with them is kind of vast and varied. And you want to be that guy that's incredibly rememberable at the end of the day. Um, and just because you do an exceptional job of painting and the work is amazing, as a client of yours, if I'm having to follow you up all the time and chase you up and check on dates that you're coming, follow you up to even get an invoice because I really want to pay, 
um, which has personally happened to me, which is actually kind of a bit odd um, because I feel guilty that I owe somebody money. Um, that all kind of taints the experience of how great the house was painted because actually it was hard work for me. Um, and you want your work to shine and you want everything else to kind of disappear in the background and, and for it to be a non-event and for it to be seamless and easy and, and all they're going to remember at the end of the day is how exceptional your craft was and how fantastic it was rather than the, that frustration of having to chase you up so that they could pay you. Mm. It's, it's uh, a bit like the principle in some of the sports that I've been involved in over the years. You're only as good as your last game or you're only as good as your last, your last result. And unfortunately, the job that, that tradies do for customers is not the last thing that gets done for them in terms of the customer experience. Like there's all these touch points throughout the customer experience. The job is, is not the last one. The last one is paying the bill usually. Mm. And that experience is often awful. Uh, and as you've pointed out, Nick and I both had same experience. And look, some of our listeners probably have as well, where you know we've waited two, three months to get the bill from the tradie or the service business. And do I ring them? Should I make them wait? Uh, it's just, it's not a nice way to finish. Um, so there's obviously the marketing aspect, but um, we talk a lot about reviews uh, and I know that's a part of the, the Thrive platform. Could, could I get you to just maybe remind our listeners how critical that is these days and how easy it can actually be? I was going to say it is so incredibly important because I think in today's world, everyone's walking around with multiple devices. And I think I'm sitting here talking to you on my computer. I've got a phone down on the bench. I've got an iPad um, that the kids use that's not too far away. And I think everyone has so many options to be able to look something up online. And just because you have an amazing website or just because one of my girlfriends told me to use you, I'm going to quickly do my own research and I'm going to jump online and I'm going to check you out. And I'm then going to read the reviews. And I think personally, and I know for a lot of people, it's not even about the score sometimes because I think people are so scared about what someone's going to say about them, but they're going to say it anyway. That review is going to be out there anyway. They're going to talk about you on the different platforms and there's lots of them. Um, it's how you manage that inquiry. And mm. so many examples of people turning a customer that's had a not so great experience into a customer that leaves a spectacular review at the end of it. People get and understand that things go wrong. They just want you to support them and help them and overcome it. And I think the other thing is you just need to be really timely as well. And I think that's really where Thrive helps because we want to let you know as soon as that review is posted online so that you can thank that customer for the five-star review and thank them for their service or vice versa. You can resolve an issue or a problem that exists. But I think the other thing is people are almost a little scared sometimes to ask for the review. Mm. Um, and we really want to encourage them to get credit for the work that they do because unless you ask, someone might not go out there. And I think people are far more inclined to talk about bad experiences that they've had. And the first thing in their mind is not always the great experience they've had with you. It's standing back and looking at their backyard thinking, how beautiful is this landscaping? But if you nudge them and remind them and say, I'm so happy that you've kind of enjoyed your experience with us and really make that the final experience at the end of kind of they've paid their bill, the job's done, they love the work. 
ask them for a review, send them an email, send them a message, give them a link, make it incredibly easy for them. Um, but just ask them if they'll provide you with some feedback because that is the most amazing version of word of mouth because that word of mouth happening in the background, whether you like it or not. That's right. It's, it's such an overlooked area of marketing. Mm. Uh, it it's, absolutely it's is. Simple reviews and making them visible everywhere and making them coordinated as well, I think, is, is uh, you know, as you said, there's so many platforms to, to collect and display reviews that um, being able to coordinate all that without, uh, you know, thinking, oh, do we, should we get a Facebook review or a Google review and yeah. should we be going for stars or comments and what about this trust pilot thing? Like, it's just, it can be so overwhelming. And then I think most people just can. take no action on it. Yeah. Correct. And I think it is one that whether people enjoy it or not, it is out there and people are referencing all of those platforms to do their own research before they reach out to you. So make sure that, that your brand and reputation everywhere is kind of top notch. Mm. Elise, I have been reminded by a lovely listener um, who turned out to be a guest of ours uh, eventually as well, that I've stopped asking a trademark question here on the podcast. So it's been a while since I... don't know why be nervous I... now. <laughs> uh, anytime I build something up, it's an anticlimax, so don't be worried. Oh, that's right. Then. <laughs> um, the, so the question that I've asked so many guests over the years, and I'll ask it to you, is if you had a thousand tradies in a room, let's call them trade business owners, to be to be fair, uh, what's one piece of advice, other than, you know, signing up to Thrive, of course, what's one piece of advice that you would love to leave them with? I think that's a really good question because, and I'm now trying to think of a universal piece of advice that kind of works for everyone, but, but be bold and back yourself and, and give it a crack because I think owning a small business is such a hard ask. Um, there are so many small business owners out there. There is so much competition out there. But when you're doing what you love each and every day, you will be successful. And I think the reason that I love my job is I have an opportunity to kind of help a lot of these small businesses be successful. Um, and whether it's they're holding back from the reviews piece that we were just talking about, I think it is encouraging them to be the best version of themselves that they can be. And yes, it is scary putting yourself out there online. And yes, it can be kind of nerve wracking asking someone for a review. But the worst thing they're going to do is say no. Um, you're going to get reviews. You're going to have all of those things. And I think it's just embracing the here and now because the world has changed over kind of my 17 year journey with this company. It will continue to evolve and change. And in two or three years time, we're not going to be talking about reviews there's going to be something else that's kind of the latest craze but i think you just need to embrace what your clients are using what your clients are saying about you um and you just need to kind of go with the flow as nerve-wracking as it can be um it will allow you to kind of be successful at the end of the day Love nice it. advice gosh well, imagine what would have happened if we had it prepared you with that question oh, no. <laughs> That was incredible, Elise. Thank you. Elise, can you tell no our listeners um, where they can find out more about Thrive? Absolutely. So they can definitely jump across to thrive.com.au to learn more about Thrive and how we can help small business. And really one of the pieces that I also just wanted to shout out about is we are about to launch a small business grant program and we're going to give three businesses the chance to win a cash investment into their business so that we can help take their business to the next level. 
they're going to get a subscription to Thrive and they're going to get a two-hour mentoring session with some of our ambassadors, very much like yourself, Nick, and was. <laughs> um, so not only do I want to kind of leave out our website, I also just want to encourage people to jump on and to jump on the grants program is Thrive, thryb.com.au forward slash grant. And put in an application because I would love to be able to give some of your listeners an amazing cash injection to help make their dreams come true. Mm. Um, and it's kind of back to the earlier point, whether it's branding on their truck, whether it's being able to hire an apprentice, whether it's being able to move into a factory or a shop, that for us means so much more. So mm. I think to be able to do that for a few of your listeners would be incredible. And I'm sure they would love the mentoring session with you guys as well. Well, um, I don't know. We might deliver a few pineapples. That might be a distance, actually. <laughs> I, maybe they'll just close. come to the jokes. Maybe they will. <laughs> Thank you, Elise. <laughs> now you get to come back. Listeners, you're going to hear a lot from us about Thrive and this fantastic opportunity that you have to get on board um, this amazing opportunity. You you know, mm. to think that, yes, okay, I'll toot our horn. We'll do a great job of mentoring you for a couple of hours, but there's so much more within this prize package as well. So please take the time to go and check it out. We will include all the links in the show notes. Absolutely. Um, Elise, it's been a pleasure. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Really, no, it's been really lovely to meet you both as well. Thank you. I always thought bosses were scary, but uh, you've been I great. Know, I, was, I was a little freaked out when you kept calling me the big boss. I'm like, that is anything but what I want to be known as. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we have uh, just a quick anecdote. We have uh, business awards that we run every year here at Tradies in Business, and we actually give an award to the real boss. And that's the tradie wife or the or the lady behind the scenes or perhaps in the front of the scenes who is actually the real boss. So I think it's apt that you're, you're the real boss at Thrive, Elise. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for being on the show. Cheers. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business Podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.